Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're tuned to the IP Communications and VoIP community in our 11th year. To produce these weekly meetings, we really appreciate the support of Simwood.com. Simwood can turn you as a developer into a telco. Our longtime friends at Greenfield Tech can make your tech dreams feasible and affordable. Go to greenfield.tech. For eight years, we've been using the finest conference server around zipdx.com. The VUC website is on Bluehost.com. Our local rate dial-ins from around the world are from Voxbone.com. And it's VUC 653, July 7th, 2017, answering the question of life, the universe, and everything with the VUC Knights of the Roundtable, including our knightess, Kathleen. Hey, Kathleen. Hello. How are you? I'm doing great. Oh, oh my. They, they know your name. And uh, we're going to be talking about... Uh, a little news about last Wednesday. We're curious. Michael and I were just talking about that and also the future, of course. But before that, Andy Smith is here with us. Hey, Andy. Good afternoon, evening, morning, whatever it is, wherever you are. It is everything, everywhere. We've got Corrado, who's teaching us how to pronounce the names of Italian grapes. Yes, of course. Good evening, everyone. Good morning, good afternoon, good night, exactly, <laughs> wherever you are. Yeah, we're off. Bye. And look at this guy, James. <sighs> Live. Uh, well, not that northern Italy. Northern Italy, beautiful yeah. place. How, what's the temperature there now, James? Is it horribly hot? Oh, it is. It is pretty hot. Yeah, um, what's okay, and we've got so, Michael. So 30, so Thirty-two degrees centigrade. Thirty-two. It's been thirty-five, thirty-six here, and Michael's here. Look at that beautiful, sharp picture with his great background. Always looking good. Yep. And of course, yeah. yours truly, the lackluster American in Bordeaux. With my loud shirt that I put on for something earlier. Uh, we have a couple of things we'd like to do. I'm, I would like to have Kathleen tell us uh, how Wednesday went, hopefully well. <laughs> it did, yes. Uh, for those of you that don't know, we had our weekly call on Wednesday over at the Free Switch crew, um, Klucon Weekly. And we had Niels Olheimer, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, from... Mozilla Firefox, and he came on to kind of talk about what they've been doing and some of the WebRTC bits. So it's really cool. And people, people can find that where? What URL should they go to find all of your fine Klucon weeklies? Uh, YouTube slash YouTube.com slash free switch. We have a free switch channel, and that is where we're. Oh, the oh, not the only one that heard that. Okay. Apparently, YouTube censored you, Kathleen. Say that again. <laughs> YouTube. Uh, com slash free switch, the free switch YouTube channel. Um, okay. That's where all of our little videos are. So. And I'm sure if they go to the site, they can find everything, including how to get into the servers and all of that. Yes. Uh, if you visit, you can either visit um, freeswitch.org to sort of get in on that, uh, see where our Confluence channel is. And that's, that tells you 
how to connect to the call if you'd like to call in and participate. And then you can visit ClueCon.com um, as well, and you can see some of the ClueCon weekly videos there as well. So if you just want to watch the videos, you are welcome to do that. If you'd like to participate, um, and Kathleen, we have a proposition for you. We should probably discuss it off air first, where we're going to, not for you personally, for free switch. Oh, <laughs> people, come on. Now, I said that. That's my fault. Um, we'd like to talk about uh, an event that we might do together. Maybe we'll even do it like a simulcast thing or something, but we, we will need the free switch bridge to do it. So we'll, t we'll talk about that in a few minutes. In fact, we could talk about it actually publicly, but a little bit later. Um, I should play... I'd like to play a little interview that Tim did uh, with um, with uh, Vimla Apadu, and you'll see what this is. I can't describe it, but it'll become apparent when you listen. So I want everybody to mute except me, please, and we'll we'll pass this. It's only a few minutes long, uh, but I think it's worth doing. We had a last minute cancellation. Uh, this has only happened twice in ten years, but um, the people rescheduled once and then got out of it at the last minute. So. Let bygones be bygones, right? Here we go. And thanks so much for joining us at the last minute for this little recording. I re really do appreciate it. And I was kind of hoping that basically to kind of ask you about what you're doing with IoT inclusion and, and sort of why it matters. Um, yeah. Unless you've got something else you want to, want, to, want to bring up. No, I'd love to talk about that. Cool, cool. Yeah, no, so I mean, IoT inclusion, I mean, inclusion in general, but IoT inclusion in particular yeah. seems like a, a hot topic. So what are you doing with it and why would we care? So uh, I've been working on Cityburg, which is Manchester's smart cities demonstrator. And what we've been trying to do as part of the project is engage with global communities on how they will use the internet things within a smart city so that the partners of the project can build technology that's actually relevant to the users. So what's often happened before in the development and implementation of a smart city is big, large corporations will just implement their technology and expect people to use it when it's solving a problem from an infrastructural level, but not necessarily a societal level. So we're trying to collide those two worlds together and say, well, if you're going to implement this kind of technology, how can it also be used to improve the population's kind of needs and uh, lifestyle within that city? So, I mean, are you thinking of that as an add-on or as a goal in itself? I mean, I imagine there have been some examples of like, you know, uh, traffic management apps where the data never got out from, from you know, maybe the, the police and nobody else ever saw it. Is that yeah. the kind of thing you're thinking about? Um, that, but also it's, we, we've developed um, community KPIs, so key performance indicators that sit along the business KPIs for all of the partners involved. And they hold the projects accountable to a certain extent on delivering um, projects that can meet those community needs. And these are things that are probably less tangible, but more influential in my opinion. So uh, how can we decrease social isolation in Manchester through IoT? And they want to measure and uptake um, of increased activities along um, a certain area of Manchester through that and technology that's being developed. So there are things like that that are less about how the data is used, but more about the impact that it can have. And if you've got, I mean, I, I, it's always tricky with these things about having, knowing how much you can measure them and how much you can kind of get get good feedback. Because I know a lot of geeks are kind of terribly data orientated. And unless, you, unless you've got something for them to measure by, they're like, going, oh, I don't know what to do. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so that's where the tech partners come in and figure out how these things can be measured. So 
to that social isolation example, it's kind of it is very much in how many people have signed up to this event and how many people actually attend. And if there's no change in uh, the impact that's happened, what can you? How can you use the technology that's available to actually influence behaviour change? I know it's very early days in in the process. In that you've, I think you've probably rolled, only rolled out one thing so far. If, um, but have you got any kind of feeling for how this is actually going to play out in practice? Are there any really nice examples that are like that you can talk about? Uh, yeah, I think there's uh, there's an app called Be Active, which is a lifestyle um, well-being app to try and encourage healthier habits in your daily life. So it measures, it's kind of like Fitbit and MyFitnessPal rolled into one. So it measures um, your steps and that kind of earns you points to then use in local shops or uh, to get you a discount at the local gym or things like that. So how does that map into smart cities what's the kind of city angle to that i mean you could do that with with an existing app probably yeah so it's using sensors that are going to be deployed around manchester as well so uh, there's a mission aspect of it to encourage people to go and see local um historical sites or to challenge each other to kind of walk around a park the quickest or that kind of thing okay so so there's a, a local sensor that's kind of in a lamppost or or a street sign or something yeah. i saw uh, i saw something about speaking about street signs i saw there was an art project that was to do with the uh, signage I, I like it just flashed past me on the manchester evening news and i didn't really i read it properly what, what's happening with that so the, another aspect that Peter Everything have been um, responsible for is to go alongside the community engagement is artwork and how you can use the data and uh, technology that's been implemented in CityVerb to engage with communities through art. Uh, so what we've done is used one of our artists who has um, hacked, well, put together all of the data that's been available in the city uh, to create poetry. So they've built an algorithm that pulls all of that data together and then puts it into an eight-line poem. And they then use um, the kind of old uh, bus fronts to the flip bus fronts. Yeah, yeah. Uh, show those poems across the city. So there's one in the library city centre. There's um, one at City Labs on Oxford Road, and there's one in Hume Community Garden. One of those, the, the, those are those displays that make the wonderful noises. They change. They kind of yeah. rattle. Yeah. Right. Oh, great. Well, that's cool. I, I must get in there and, and, and have a look at that. So, um, like. Actually, you've been talking about City Verb, but, but City Verb is, where did the money come from? What is it? There's a government-funded projects, an Innovate UK-funded um, initiative. And it, so there's, uh, this, is, this is purely British government money. This isn't, yeah. there's no EU angle. There's not even the City Council funding anything, or how's that working? Uh, so all of the partners are only part-funded. So it's kind of, um, for not-for-profits, it's 70% funded, 30% match funding. And then for large corporates, I think it's 50-50. Okay, so, so there's a bunch of large corporates involved as well then, presumably. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool, cool. So um, like, what, what are your aspirations for this? Do you, do you see it changing the city completely or just like helping out a bit or what? I think some aspects of it definitely will be a success. Um, the idea is that it's a demonstrator, so not everything's expected to succeed. And what does work then creates a blueprint for... Greater Manchester and can be rolled out to other cities. So, in that regard, the failures are just as, just as important as the successes in determining what needs to happen in future smart cities. Um, I do think the success that's already happened is the community engagement that's taken place. 
because even from the sessions that we've been doing in helping different communities understand what smart city is through to what data is being collected on them, I think they're all starting points for conversations that wouldn't have happened before. And right. that's a big part of. Yeah, no, and I mean, I think that that's that's right. Certainly getting that right, particularly in a city which is, I was going to say, say obstreperous, but that's not quite right. But but a city which knows its own mind and doesn't really like being messed about with, it's critical to get the, you know, line up the aspirations of the project with the aspirations of, of of the citizens. Otherwise, you'll get like zero or negative engagement from people because that's the like, Slightly the attitude, you know, if you push us around, we'll push back and quite hard is, is very much the kind of Manchester way. Yeah, cool. Hey, listen, thanks so much for, for doing this. I mean, if you've, got, if you've got any other kind of any links you want to, uh, us to throw in, we're happy to pop those into the into the uh, uh, live thing. And, 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 you know, we'd love to have you back, particularly if you've got like a thing you can show us actually kind of working end to end because we've, you know, a bunch of geeks who like to see how the, how all the cogs turn as well, but uh, but brilliant. Oh. Randy, anything you want to add to this? Yeah, just one quick thing, Vimla, and of course, our thanks for joining us on such short notice. We would like to have, for sure, right now, uh, one place where people should go to see what you're doing. So probably follow Future Everything on Twitter and go to the CityLab website. Okay, and um, gosh, I had those things in front of me. One is, can somebody repeat that? And let me change my camera here. But really, this is uh, without a net. Here we go. That's all right. We've got the camera on. Uh, we had those URLs. It's, well, that's embarrassing, isn't it? Didn't somebody, Bert Corrado, you must have caught that. No, he didn't. <laughs> it was too fast. Andy. It went past too fast. It, was, it went past with a little bit of echo, unfortunately. Yeah, I know. It was in, uh, well, with James's photo show. I'm trying to scroll up far enough to get it. It was, um. Twitter at here it is. All right, here it is. No, uh, the Twitter is future everything, but there's only one e, so it's f u t. Good God, no, that's well, it's f u t u r e v r y t h i n g. Wow, had to close my eyes to get that pictured. Future <laughs> everything, but the there's only one e in the middle, and the URL. You know what? I should be able to. Go back to the film, to the movie, and stop it. Let me try this. Hey, you know, we're live. Let's do this thing. Ben, thanks so much for joining us at the last. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Tim. It's own month. Right. Now, let's see if we can do this thing. Look at this. There he is. Tim, Tim, Tim. Come on. Here we go. Almost, almost, almost. Oh, God. This is really hard to get to the end. There we go. Cityverve.co.uk and future everything. You see what I was saying about the E, future everything. As Twitter, there's also a site futureeverything.org, I believe. With or without uh, um, two e's. That was uh, really nice. Of her, was really nice of her to chime in at the last minute when some jerk uh, cancelled. <laughs> but uh, that's neither here nor there, is it? All right. Anybody else have any new business before I do um, my little demo? Maybe Kathleen, you can tell us if there's anything new on the Klucon front. Um. No. Okay. Next. I <laughs> was I was channeling Brian. I'm sure you have something you can tell us. Yeah, we're actually we're very excited about a lot of the coder game stuff. Oh, I I don't believe I've told everyone here that we've got some new exciting games in the works. Um, we've got some robots that we're going to be bringing to the Monday. Robots. 
Yes, uh, some robot arms. And we have some challenges that you can win some really cool prizes. Um, if you want to come and mess with those and see what you can do. That's kind of exciting. And it's coming up. It's only a month away. <laughs> we have 30 days until Kukon, so it's all... Yeah, I know. That's incredible, isn't it? Anyway, and our own Michael Graves is going to be there. Michael, uh, you have anything to say about that, by the way, before we move on? I will be Show us your possibly, road case. I will be possibly behind the scenes at Clucon. I will be helping Ken work his magic, and he will be sharing the secrets of Clucon AV. Um, so I imagine that um, my life may well be in danger. <laughs> No, well, I will be in front I, of the camera. Don't worry, I'll, I'll be in front of the camera. Yes, and we've uh, we've confirmed also that we'll be able to meet up with uh, our esteemed colleague Carl Fife, who will be around. So uh, that'll be interesting. Sorely missed, Carl. You're going to need to get Carl back into the fold, Michael. Yes, indeed. So as to the shipping cases, this is a little bit of ZipDX-ishness. Um, there's an embarrassing amount of chaos in my office uh, as I have been assembling uh, these goodies, which are 13 sort of portable conferencing systems comprised of some IP telephony, network routers, cables, a couple of laptops, all that kind of stuff, that are all shipping out of here today, thankfully, and I will get my workspace back. Um, but working from a home office is complicated when all of a sudden you have, you know, $20,000 worth of uh, IP telephony gear to send upon you. And your address is for the <laughs> yeah, for, for, for the new Texas Recycling Center. <laughs> well, I, the, this is it. I, I, the cardboard from all this stuff is is in a pile over here. It's an embarrassingly large pile, and my wife is already agitated. So we have to get it out of here. Anyway, I have to run real quick to make sure the kitchen is not fire. I'll be right back. Somebody take it away before the demo. <laughs> uh, by the demo, I, I presume you mean the new Brio. Oh, yes. We're supposed to be installing that, aren't we? There were licenses and things around somewhere. No, the new Bria is going to be later. Uh, in fact, oh. we, we talked about maybe doing that with uh, Kathleen and FreeSwitch. So we'll, we'll look into that uh, a bit later. We can talk about it later. Let me get this out of the way because it's, it requires – I just need to – yeah, my alarm's going off. Let me do this one check while somebody talks for like two minutes, and I'll be back and do this little short demo to uh, let people know about um, – I guess it's pronounced library. We have a few people who are interested in looking at it, I think. Okay. Who can do two minutes on anything? Corrado, I know you can. Come on. <laughs> What's bothering you? What's on your mind today? Uh, no, it's been an interesting day going around uh, Scotland and getting new clients uh, connected to our um, microwave network. There are a few um, potential customers in the area. Uh, so we are expanding that feature. Uh, but yeah, it, it's a bit premature and uh, is a bit of promotion. So uh, I don't like to talk about my business when we are here talking about technology. Uh, okay, well, in, instead, let's talk about your microwave links a bit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, so, I would love to have a wireless offer. I would love to have a wireless opportunity here, even as a plan B. Um, but we don't just we just don't have it. And we haven't had we did have one when I moved into this house many, many years ago. Uh, Sprint offered uh, a WiMAX-based point-to-point wireless uh, that we mm-hmm. could get, but it's it's the uh, you know with with the uh, onset of LTE and the demise of of WiMAX, uh, that all has gone away, and now we're uh, we're left with only wired service providers, except for the the obvious mobile providers, but they're uh, 
desperately proud of their bites in many regards. <laughs> yes, you need to prize them uh, out of their cold hands. Uh, but no, yeah, um, we deployed a, th- a 4G LTE router in a, in a very remote location to service uh, a small hamlet. Um, and we were planning a couple of links point to point and then distribution points to multipoint to serve some rural areas around Scotland uh, in the, the surroundings of Perth. Uh, when everything is deployed, uh, probably I'll come around and show a bit of um, the technology. Did I hear the word Hamlet? Yes. No, you can't say that word. It's the Scottish play. <laughs> it's a small cigar. You know that joke? Yes, 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 yes. Because officially it it's, it bears bad luck. So you, there you go. You, you but you were using it in this. You meant a small small town. Obviously. Exactly. Well, smaller than villages. They literally have a smattering of houses here and there on the side of a, a small hill. So okay. I would like to tell you about a little show and tell. This is hard because what I want to do is I need to do the share of an application window that isn't quite open yet. So let me just see if everybody's retweeting like they promised they would. Yes. Okay. Um, All right. So I'm going to open my app. It's called LBRY. I think it's LBRY.io. So open the app. And then grab the application window on a share, and then I'll comment it after that. And I'll tell, tell you what us it what is. it is. And I'll tell you what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah well, the point is that's a very, very hard uh, screen share to application window. And there we go. All right. So this is – come on. Yeah, all right. There it's connecting. So LBRY. LBRY is a way to monetize creative content on the web. I want to – and just in case anybody from LBIRY is listening, we're gonna we're gonna have them as a full guest because it's really a complicated blockchain application. But before anything else, the thing goes to full screen, and I haven't seen an app that goes to full screen automatically without asking it for since like 1995. I mean that that's really not cool uh, because when you have a large screen, it's way too big. So that that's kind of annoying. But other than that, we're looking at. They're um, the stuff that's somebody might have already seen some of these things like the fight of the century. It's a very good video. This is just videos that you can click on. I'm not going to do it for obvious reasons. We're going to go to need to move this over here and we're going to go to uh, publish. I don't see the you can't see my my mouse, but anyway, can't see the cursor, I guess. But we'll go to publish and you'll, I'm going to show you how I will publish some of my work and we'll watch that process really quickly. And somebody's going to have to come on and explain the point of this at some later date. So we're in my library, which is a bunch of stuff that I don't own. We need to put something up that I do own. Uh, how about temptation? Okay. Temptation. So I have a file name, local file name. I'm going to type in a title. I would normally put a logo here for the, uh, it's an online, it's URL for the uh, thumbnail. Then you describe it here. Temptation is a terrible thing. It's part of the words of the song. Language, English, maturity, all ages. Let's look at some of the choices. It also mostly all ages. Looks like there's the languages are few, but they are. You can publish something free or you can publish it for an amount of U.S. dollars or for library credits. I'm going to do library credits and I'm going to do a very, very good deal. Half a 
like 50 cents, half a, half a credit. This song happens to be copyrighted, so I'm going to put copyrighted there, which puts an all rights reserve. I have a couple of things of uh, identifications as my channel. I'm going to call this one Dulo, and we're going to put a URI. It's a, it's a library URI, and it's, I said temptation, so it's going to be temptation. It could be anything. I think it's dashes and small letters only. And this is going to be really hard to explain. So I'm not going to. It's just a, an amount that you put down to bid for the name so that this, it's a namespace thing. And that's probably one of the most interesting and original things about the whole thing. I just can't explain it. It's, to me, incomprehensible. So publishing. Oh, you do see the, actually, we do see the cursor. I just realized. So I, I saw it. There we go. Okay, and then this happens. Now, suppose we look at my good friend Randulo's page now. Randulo has a bunch of published content, if the thing works. Yeah, it's fetching the content. I assume that over here, they're going to eventually put some information on the general channel. What we need to find out from the people who are running this thing is um, its relationship to blockchain, how it's using blockchain, uh, if you want to do a dangerous demo, so here we go. This is the listing of what I've published so far. And when you put a thumbnail, you see the thumbnails from uh, my CD or the other CD. Uh, a couple of times I kind of messed it up and didn't get the thumbnail. So this is kind of a share, equal share or free share thing that they made up. On the bank icon here, somebody's falling asleep. I can hear you breathing. <clears throat> and I granted it's not the greatest thing in the world, but you might want to mute if you're if you're dragging your knuckles and breathing through your mouth. Uh, there's some plus and minuses here for the credits. So those are library credits. Again, we need somebody from them to actually explain this. See if I have any rewards. First nickel, because this is a beta. Uh, first publish, fine. Got five credits for that. Three credits for hot right now. What's going to happen is. I'm not going to get a reward because I haven't watched a feature yet. Right. Uh, now, why don't we, oops, I shouldn't have done that. Well, I guess it's okay. I'm going to show you my console window as soon as I go over here, share that window. Cause this is more geeky fun. Where is the con? Ah, no console, console, console. Too many screens. Uh, what's that? Where's the console? I don't see it. Ah, here we go. Console. Now, um, there's the library net CLI. Now we're getting into the geeky stuff. Now you guys who are breathing through your mouths, <laughs> can you see this? Yeah. So um, let's look at the commands. This is the fun stuff. And I, this is how I'm starting to be able to understand it because, <laughs> believe me, the documentation is not clear. If you know CLI of anything, you start messing around with the help, right? I'm not sure you wanted to share those bits and pieces. Why not? There's no, there's no identifiable thing here yet. There may be. Well, you just showed us your ID and, and a key. Yeah, the, the key is like 800 characters long. So anyway, they're welcome to it. There is no real... Uh, right. So what were we saying? There's no real... But thank you for saying that. But uh, claim list mine. Now we're going to see all my stuff. If you can type this fast, uh, go ahead. You're welcome to it. Anyway, point is, mess, you mess with the CLI. It's taking a little time to talk to the mothership. Either that or I'm totally typing the wrong command. Or the demon died. There we go. Okay, so source ID, you know, that's, yeah, go ahead. Copy it. Anyway, this is what that's all this blockchain-y stuff looks like. Uh, we don't really need to know that much more.
it just uh, it's interesting. And you go to hopefully lbry dot. Let me try to find it. Io. I think it's dot io. Yep. I'm already on it. And they do have a. There's like a what I think it's. Let me see. Make sure what the because this is the thing you have to read is the people who are involved in this. So it's lbry.io slash what, which, of course, I could share. Let me do that so that we can go through that a little bit. Uh, okay. And here it is. LBRI. What? LBRY. What? Yeah, just for clarity, what does yeah. it give us that YouTube does not already give us? That I'll have to leave it to the people involved to explain. Um, so I'm not good at that. But if you read this page, which we're not going to read now, obviously, I think there's somewhat of a let's get away from that. I think we, <laughs> the answer to your question is probably here. And there's uh, a lot of blockchain information. Corrado, if you've read this yes, at all. Yeah, I've read that. Maybe you can, uh, maybe you can help. I, I, I can probably help. It's a distributed system that uses both um, uh, BitTorrent um, system to distribute the content and blockchain for payments. And it's completely distributed and there is no ownership. There is no YouTube uh, censorship. Uh, so the, the platform is not owned by anyone. Uh, is a completely shared and distributed platform. Uh, you cannot find your channel deleted by YouTube because someone claimed uh, copyrights or something. Uh, there is policing on that, as far as I understand, uh, but it is more uh, democratic, less uh, centric, more distributed. That's what I got uh, in the, the, the very short and, and uh, in short form. Right, and that's that's actually a better resume than I could make. Now, if you start, if you go to lbry.io/team, start looking. You know, I thought this was some kind of like three hippies in a basement. Take a look at the people behind this, and apparently they are funded. Uh, they've got very, very impressive backgrounds, and uh, we'll be in touch with them. I need to shorten this because you obviously you're not going to read this while I'm scrolling through it. But the point is, you should go there and take a look, folks. It's very, very interesting, and it does address freedom of speech issues, and uh, they've already foreseen issues of, of copyright infringements, obviously, because that's like the elephant in the room, isn't it? And, yeah. and a lot of other things. But it's an interesting thing. And just if you're a total geek, it's interesting to mess with the command line, with the CLI, uh, and, and play with the, uh, there's an API, there's, there's everything you probably want. So there you go. Maybe somebody's on IRC. No, let's see. No. Well, an observation I have uh, is what it was referring to what you were saying about uh, owning that library uh, URL or URI. Uh -huh. uh, because that, uh, you practically bid for, for that. Um, there might be the possibility of large corporates cyber squatting. So uh, we need to check uh, with, with the, the people behind it that if they have uh, some protection and some arbitration uh, around that. Otherwise, uh, you'll find that very quickly, uh, if that becomes successful, uh, the big players will cyber squat every domain. Yeah, and that does seem like, I mean, when you mentioned it, you and I talked about it, well, maybe we should bring uh, Jay Carpenter in this, by the way, because he may have some things to contribute. Let me grab that and do that, because uh, he probably has some things to say. All right, Jay, you're invited. Um, yeah, that's could be a problem. And it, it, it's funny because you would think that 
you know, they went into a long and detailed thing about the bidding system, which I found very confusing because they started by comparing it to DNS and the naming and, you know, it was a bunch of really oddball things. Whereas I always tell people nobody reads anything on the internet anyway. So that was kind of a waste. I tried to read through it and couldn't, but um, it's, you would think that that's something they would have thought of. And yet uh, you're right. You're right. I mean, if it's the highest bidder, then obviously, as soon as the estate of Prince, you know, wants the thing Prince, then that's the end. Uh, or Jimi Hendrix or something. Now, in some cases, if it's like Microsoft, maybe it makes sense. But it doesn't if you're the little person who thinks of, say, for example, I, I have friends who were in a band called Oasis way before the famous Oasis came out. And, you know, I asked them about it. Well, your prior work has to... First of all, they were Oasis is British and they were in the United States. But the point is, yeah, uh, their record company could go wipe out some minor Oasis or some minor player who had their namespace. Not sure. We, we got we to gotta find out about that. Okay, Jay, uh, you have a bunch of things you were saying in IRC. Maybe we could get your focus on this, except you're muted. You need to unmute. Yeah, sorry there about that. Uh, yeah, thanks, Randy. Um, well, there, there are many, many interesting dynamics that are going on, and this library uh, platform is just one of them. And, um, you know, there, there's a whole bunch of interesting innovations and applications in this realm. And what I posted in IRC was something called status, which I think is directly related to what we talk about on the VUC, which is a new communications platform that uses the Ethereum blockchain. And they recently did what's called uh, <clears throat> an initial coin offering and, and raised uh, somewhere around $100 million, I believe. And uh, they're currently, their market cap is about $160 million. So Randy, you were pointing out this this library uh, as an interesting innovation uh, project, not only from what they're trying to do in terms of monetizing content and this de decentralized distributed construct, but also the people that are involved are really, really impressive. And I'm not familiar with library per se. Uh, I've heard about it a little bit. There's so many of these projects that are happening now. But the people that are behind these things, not only are they incredibly talented in exploring new realms of innovation and technology and economies and constructs using this blockchain, um, but they, they are incredibly well-funded, like right off the bat. Yeah, there's so. people seem to see a huge future in this. I, I have a question, and whoever wants to answer it can. It might be UJ, it might be somebody else. Um, which is, could someone compare the effect of block, the blockchain technology with another tech, previous technology that has come out in its impact? Because it seems to be making a huge splash. Can you think of something you would compare it to? Well, it's generally compared to the introduction of the internet <laughs> yeah. and okay. in 1995. And the analogy that I usually make is that when, in back, if we can turn the clock back to 1995, we all kind of thought of the internet as email. Can I just correct but, you for a second? The internet didn't start in 1995. The web may have started in 1995. Okay. You're, you're absolutely right. The, the web. But sort of the, the inklings of what was to come 
was starting to get some momentum in 1995. And that momentum, the first peak at that was what we were all starting to experiment with, which we called email. And we started to sort of associate what was called the internet at the time with email. But that was just the tip of the iceberg, to use a cliche. And what we're seeing here in this realm of innovation and exploration, cryptocurrency, i.e. Bitcoin being the most famous, is just sort of the tip of the iceberg. And part of what I was trying to highlight in IRC was this status, which in this context of the VIP user community or, or a conference status is something that I would highly recommend everybody take a look at. Uh, the second thing, somebody else chimed in and said IPFS.io is a more generalized, interesting construct. And I completely agree. The IPFS, which stands for the Interplanetary File System, I've been following for a couple of years now. And that is indeed, I think, the most interesting uh, initiative and community that's out there. So I'll be quiet. And No, no, that's interesting. It's wanted to clarify a couple of things, um, but before I do, status IM has nothing to do with status.net, apparently, right? I'm not familiar with status.net. Well, that was a microblogging slash kind of a Twitter. It started as Laconica, Identica. Mm. Uh, anyway, I uh, my first internet experience was 1987. So from there, there was already probably email. Um, and so I'm still wondering, I kind of got the impression, Jay, that you would might have been more referring to hyperlinks as the comparative technology, no? I'm just talking about something that started to get some momentum mm-hmm. sort of on a, on a mass basis. You know, I remember looking at, uh, you know, HTTP colon forward slash forward slash right. www dot blah, blah, blah. Yeah. yeah. And and I thought, oh, this is never going to take hold. This is too complicated. Do you know that when, <laughs> when we used to have our business cards printed back then, that was probably mid 90s. You have a business card printed and the printer didn't know how to do the, t- the colon slash slash part, you know, they're going, what? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, know, you had to really go over this like 20 times with them. And God forbid there was a tilde, you know, the if you had that kind of thing, forget it. James, you look poised to say yeah, something. Yeah, I, I'm being prodded by, uh, by Mrs. B to keep it short. Um, yeah, something that I would very much like to see is the integration of black blockchain, blockchain technology uh, into the same space that SIM cards and mobile telephony um, so that you can actually run a, uh, a mobile telephone system with very high-grade identity and authentication and with settlement as well. There are a ton of people, James, that are working on that very issue. And there are, I mean, just to rattle off a few, there's something called blockstack.org. There's Uport, there is Sovereign. So there's an enormous amount of energy and uh, conversation around decentralized identity. And as soon as there's a workable and scalable decentralized identity construct, then what you're talking about will basically, in my view, be almost trivial. Yeah. Can we make sure we get those names in the notes so that 
when I'm not sitting by the pool, I can I can go back and refer to them. Sure, uh, uh, I'll. Uh, I'm I'm not in the IRC right now, but uh, you pour. I'll get. I'll get. Back I'll, I'll and, and sovereign. I'll yeah. So uh, those are just three three of the some of the top ones. So anyway. Okay. Did I get those? Yeah. There's a couple of reminders in there, James. All right. Other than that, um, anybody have any new business or old business? Or am I the only old business here? <laughs> speaking, of old, speaking of old business, I'll be celebrating pretty soon my seventh decade while we're doing our 11th year of the VUC. So I can be forgiven for my lapses. IPFS.io. Anyway. Um, so, Randy, if I could yeah. say something about IPFS.io. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just to kind of bring them into context here. Um, they are on the brink of introducing some very interesting uh, projects. Uh, and they are, in my view, a, 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 a ecosystem or a, or a community that the, the VUC should definitely be taking a look at. Uh, one of our, our near and dear community members, which is Matrix, is very tightly knit with IPFS, so, which stands for the Interplanetary File System. So, uh, you know, just as kind of a future uh, vote or suggestion, some of the folks from uh, IPFS, I think, would be very um, appropriate for the VUC to talk with. They've got some uh, PubSub constructs that actually uh, Chris Matthew is using in the IoT space has demonstrated recently. And th they are doing some very, very interesting decentralized sort of reinventing the internet um, initiatives at within the IPFS.io community. So. Cool. Sounds good. I'm just uh, explaining to people on Twitter that uh, we will have the people on who can explain it better. And we'll uh, take, uh, I'll, I will look at both of those other things and we'll reach out and see what happens. Maybe we do, in fact, maybe we, what if we get everybody at once and they start fighting or something? I don't know. Uh, but it's interesting. If nothing else, you have to look at what's everybody looking at. You know, in this world, um, it's been said that, you know, this, these super rich don't look at oil anymore. They look at water because that's going to be the thing from now on. The next big thing is going to be water, buying water, buying rights to water, which, by the way, is disgusting because we need all need water to live, whereas we don't all need blockchain. But the comparison is that now that you see all of these people being funded with this technology, there's definitely smoke and certainly will be big-time fire soon, right? Well, the the interesting part about this, I mean, we've been hearing about blockchain for a few years, and it's been kind of termed as a hype term and that sort of thing. And and to a large degree, that's true because we've seen this in insane speculation in the cryptocurrency space, where people have you know taken like two thousand dollars and turned it into eight million dollars in less than two years. And uh, but. And the interesting thing is, and Morgan Stanley just published a piece on this, but the blockchains that are out there right now are still basically just prototypes and kind of proof of concepts. So what James was talking about in terms of this decentralized, distributed identity, authoritative construct of identity that would basically serve as sort of like this decentralized SIM, um, that is possibly 
the way the blockchain could move where it is actually scalable and usable in a universal manner. So, and, and nobody's really uh, cracked that nut yet. So it's, it's still very, very early. Let's put it that way. And by the way, I think there's some real opportunities to incorporate the legacy uh, PSTN, public switch telephone network, and have this sort of dance between the old and the new. So uh, I think everything that the, all the expertise, all the experience, and all the uh, innovation that the folks in the VUC provide could well fit into this new construct. Yeah, I think it's something we absolutely have to look into uh, more, and I promise we will. Anybody have anything to conclude? Because otherwise, uh, we're 10 minutes short of an hour, but there's absolutely no reason to force an hour if we're done. Anyone have any conclusions? Or the additions. About, well, the, the, the whole thing about blockchain in, in, in particular, in my mind, is at the moment, I mean, the, the whole thing is, is built around privacy. So, um, like, one blockchain doesn't talk to another blockchain. So, in, in, in James's case, when, when we're talking about using uh, a blockchain technology uh, in terms of uh, authentication, in terms of your, your SIM card, I can't help but feel that we're talking about separate islands here and that nothing is going to connect the two together. So um, you're going to have a mobile uh, operator that has its own blockchain authorization, um, but that will be different to another mobile operator's similar implementation, and the two won't talk to each other. So you're still going to have to have something else on top to, to allow communication between the, the, the various providers. So we're, we're nowhere near um, getting a, a ubiquitous solution here yet. Um, and... Actually, there are efforts to link blockchains to one another, and this IPFS.io is working on something called Interplanetary Linked Data, IPLD, which does just that. Okay. There are efforts to have the blockchains, the various blockchains that are out there, start to talk with one another. And you're, you've absolutely keyed in on a key piece of this, which is how's this all going to unfold? Will uh, you know, AT&T have their own blockchain? Will various entities have their own blockchains that are somehow integrated into other blockchains? And you're absolutely right. The privacy factor is yet another area that is and to pl uh, apply some solutions that haven't been invented yet. So I, I think the good. whole thing is, is tremendously exciting and well beyond my mathematical capability. So um, <laughs> the, the ability to, to understand all this other than, than in uh, practical application terms is, is going to be uh, uh, rare, I think. Lots of people may know how to use it, but few will truly understand it. That's absolutely right at this point. But... Uh, there, there are a lot of incentive factors to learn this and start to get acquainted with it. Um, it is a lot. And, you know, the idea of, hey, this is just another passing fad. This is another angular or whatever. It's much, much more profound than, than any of that. It's, uh, this is the real deal. And blockchain is a poor term to capture what is really going on. That's it. You've been there. You've done that. No codecs were harmed in the production of the VUC IP Communications and VoIP community. Once again, thanks to these great companies for their continued support. 
Simwood, Greenfield Tech, ZipDX, Voxbone, and Bluehost.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.